Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? again and you know what happens on Sunday nights you join me here on the brain love podcast I'm Dr. Delvina I'm your host and tonight this is I suppose part two to mindfulness we are talking more meditation with Miss Boon Fai We're talking meditation, but tonight we're actually getting into meditation. First, we're going to talk about her book. And after talking about her book, we'll slide right into what she calls a sit. And this is when we sit and she's going to talk us into a meditative trance. So... I'm glad that you're joining me on the couch. You know I have to ask you if you're ready to take the couch. If you're listening to this episode and you're driving, obviously do not follow the meditation exercise because you have to drive and be alert. But if you're at home or if you're in your office, and let's say you don't have time to listen to this full episode, come back and listen to the full episode, but if you're feeling stressed and you want to jump right into the meditation segment, it's the second part of this episode. So in the first part, we talk about her book, we take a small break, and then we go into the meditation portion of the episode. Mindfulness is so important for all of us. We all live with some form of stress in our lives, That stress typically comes from our careers and our professional life. But if you're a student, it could be from your classes and balancing everything from school. If you're a grandparent, it might be your concern about your children and your grandchildren. You could be retired, but you have a different type of stress. So I want you to learn about meditation and lend yourself, lend your brain, lend your body lend yourself to learning about meditation and mindfulness with Miss Boon Fai and me tonight. Come on, join us on the couch. Hey, 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 guys. Good evening. It's another Sunday night and it's time for the Brain Love Podcast. You guys know who it is. We're back again with me, Dr. Delvina, and I'm back with Miss Boon Fai. Hey, good morning, or actually, good evening. <laughs> How are you? Good evening, and let's drop the formalities. It's Rita. <laughs> Rita. All right. Well, Rita, you guys, uh, if you listened to last Sunday's episode, Rita is a mindfulness facilitator. And um, if you didn't listen to that episode yet, please listen to it so you can get her background. Uh, we talked about her training and how she became a facilitator. 
And, um, and she mentioned very briefly that she has a book and I wanted to bring her back to discuss her book and to also do like, a, you know, maybe a five to 10 minute meditation exercise with us. So let's jump right in, Rita. Okay. What is, what is the name of your book? Okay. The name of the book is That Doesn't Smell Sense. Whoa. Say it again. <laughs> That doesn't smell sense. Wow. I know. Explain, I know. <laughs> explain the title. Well, I have, a, well, I, I had uh, my aunt who lived in the Bahamas uh, was a, a phenomenal character. She was a phenomenal woman. And whenever I would go to her, and, and, and of course, she was in the Bahamas, so we would talk. And if she ever came over here, uh, she she would stay with me and my husband. And sometimes I would run uh, scenarios past her and I would say, you know, Aunt Lita, what do you think about this and that? And she said, hmm, that don't smell sense. And I that that intrigued me as to why she felt that way. And, and as it turned out, she was one of the elders and we all have them in our family who learn lessons easy or hard. And they came from experiences and life experiences. And so I would listen to these because I was raised by my uh, maternal grandparents and they would say things to me and I would be flustered. You know, what the heck are they talking about? One day it dawned on me as I was talking to a friend of mine by the name of Raul Ramos, who is an author. And I said, you know, I'm really interested in writing and, and I've, been, I've written all my life. I just have never published. So he said, the best thing for you to do is to write what you know. So like many of us during this pandemic, I started thinking about some of the things that I wanted to cross off my to-do list. And one of them was to publish. And it dawned on me that I had a couple of books in me that I had been sketching on for, the, for years but this one came to mind when someone asked me my opinion on something and I said, you know what, that doesn't smell sense. And that was my aha moment. And I started writing down all of the things that they would tell us through the years and stories as to how I learned those lessons. Wow. So you had an epiphany based on a response that you gave someone. It was basically the duplicate response that your aunt would give to you. Exactly. <laughs> and so, so in this book, you include other sayings similar to that one, and you explain what they mean, or what's the, the gist of the book? The gist of the book is, is, is I have like 20, 21 chapters, actually. And the foreword is, I'm eternally grateful for all the elders who touched my life and, and enlightened me. For years, I thought about writing down some of these nuggets, trying to remember when I heard them, etc. So the 21 chapters, for example, chapter one is, it takes two fools to argue. And I go about explaining how that lesson resonated with me when one of the ladies that I worked with explained to me as I was arguing with someone going back and forth, and after the uh, person left, she pulled me to the side and she said, you know, out of all of that, what did you accomplish? And I was like, what do you mean? I got my point across. She said, exactly. But did you accomplish the goal? 
And it got me to thinking, you know what? She's absolutely right. It does take two fools to argue. And then she countered with, and at the end from a distance, nobody can tell who's the fool. <laughs> and so I tried to make it as humorous as possible. I tried to make it as enlightening as possible. And so each of the chapters has a title and then a story that goes with it. One of them is, for example, in chapter nine, a shut mouth, catch no flies. And what it says is, if you're in a situation where you really need to be quiet, then you should be quiet. So that's, that's the gist of what the book is about. So a shut mouth catches no flies. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a shut mouth catches no flies. When you initially said that, my understanding was closed mouths don't get fed. So that if too. you don't, that yeah, too. if you don't speak, if you don't speak up, You'll never know if you can get what you desire if you don't speak up. But I suppose your that saying is actually different. Closed mouths don't get flies because you don't want those nasty flies in your mouth. So keep your mouth closed. Keep your mouth closed. Yeah. <laughs> mine, <laughs> mine, was, mine was an instance where I spoke up in front of a group that I really should not have. And of course, every time I learn these lessons, like most of us, I want to say most of us, because I'm trying to put us all in the same category. We learn those lessons the hard way. Uh, in that instance, I had uh, spoken up in front of a group and kind of put someone on, on the spot. And you threw them under the bus, you mean, I Rita? threw them under the bus, <laughs> <laughs> in essence. And it came back to haunt me. And when I said something to, again, to my Aunt Lita, she said, hmm. A shut mouth catch no flies. So in other words, you should have kept your mouth closed and you would not be put in that position. That has happened to me before where I say too much. I have done that. And um, and later I'm like, huh, I, I really should not have mentioned that. Or maybe that wasn't appropriate for this particular group or audience or person. So yeah, I think a lot of us could probably identify with that with that role. And regardless of where you grew up, whether you grew up in the South, whether you grew up in the North, whether you grew up in the Caribbean, even Africa, wherever you grew up in the world, and that's not to exclude Europe, your parents, your grandparents, aunts, uncles, they always had sayings that kind of encapsulated the lesson. And it was only until you experienced it that, as you said, the lesson resonated by you understanding, hmm, okay, now I understand what this, I call that, that process the microwave bell moment. Ding, I got it. It's done. It's ready. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to say, you don't think fat meat mean, I thought you were saying fat mean greasy. Mm -hmm. You don't think fat mean greasy, but one of my cousins said she was saying, you don't think fat meat greasy, but I don't think it's fat meat greasy. I think, <laughs> I think it's fat means greasy. Exactly. Have you heard that one? Uh, that's a new one on me. Uh, and, and as a matter of fact, what I've been doing, uh, uh, I, I procrastinated 
And um, I kept writing the book over and over. And finally, my friend Raul said to me, listen, why don't you just put a cap on it, make it book one, okay, a part one. And I call it Ancestral Pearls of Wisdom, part one. So I'm actually working on part two. And part two are some of the things that we've heard and even that I've heard a little later in life, okay? And so what I would do is, and I think I mentioned to you at one point where my grandfather would say, if you're looking for a helping hand, try to do it at the end of your arm. Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we come to that point where we begin to not just listen, but to comprehend, okay? Got it, yeah. And so how do we do that? Well, most of the time that happens through experience. And sometimes it happens, not maybe at the first time, but it takes repeated times, particularly if you're hard-headed, okay? I've been accused of that, (laughs) and I accept it. Uh, And my grandfather used to say stuff like, you know what, hard-head means uh, a soft ass. (laughs) Yeah, my my mama used to say that one too, a hard-head will make a soft ass. Uh-huh. And so, you know, <laughs> these are the things that we learn through life. And uh, like I said, I try to make it as humorous as possible because like I told you all the time, I laugh. I try to laugh a lot. That doesn't necessarily mean that I don't have uh, days, down days, as anybody can say. But it really sometimes laughter takes the edge off of life and the harshness that sometimes we encounter. Absolutely. So if you don't laugh and you don't find a reason to be joyful, um, it makes for a pretty dim existence. And I I just don't believe in that. Yeah, laughter is definitely therapy. That's why, um, you know, I try to, with some of my videos I do on social media, I like to try to make some things that will definitely get a reaction, but also some things that are funny. Yeah, absolutely. um, it's just a, it's a priceless, inexpensive way to cheer yourself up. And, and laughter really does do something for the chemicals in our brains, the chemicals that help balance our mood and prevent anxiety and things like that. And that's why people like being around humorous people. When you think about the people in your life that makes you laugh or that who does funny things, we like to be around those people. And um, I'd even say that when folks are describing their best date or their best boyfriend or girlfriend, a lot of times those descriptors will include, she's funny, he's funny, they make me laugh all the time, something like that. Absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, my, my partner, my husband, Johnny, the very first time we met, uh, he, he likes to say, you have a smart mouth and so does, so does he. And we both started laughing. Now, really we had no intention of dating each other but he made me laugh and he made me enjoy being uncomfortable and enjoy being around him to the extent that we just kept talking and kept talking and after a while it was like you know I really kind of like him (laughs) and I think he did the same thing yeah that's important that is that is very important and um just it sounds like you guys are straightforward communicators with one another too for him to tell you you got a smart mouth (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna tell you what he needs to say 
Exactly, exactly. And so, um, like I said, the, the book, uh, it's called, again, That Doesn't Smell Sense. And it is available on Amazon. Um, I published it and then I had some corrections. So they're giving me 72 hours now to download the corrections and it will it is already available on uh, Amazon. And I, I looked at some of the chapters and they started speaking to me again. Uh, chapter 15 is actions speak louder than words. Uh, all of these things we've heard. Uh, right, as, right. As you recall, your parents, your grandparents, your aunt, uh, uncles and things would say things and you would, as a, as a child, you would be a little bit puzzled as to what they mean. But then as you grew older, you realized that they were in actuality parables and scriptures. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why I called them ancestral pearls of wisdom because they are generally passed down because our parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and everybody else in our family learned those same things from whoever they grew up with and around. Uh, so it, it makes a difference to pass that on. And, and I try to make it uh, to such an extent that you read the chapter and then I put a page in afterwards for notes for you to make a notation as to when and where you learned that lesson and how it resonates with you. So do you have this do you have do you have this one in your book? You don't have a pot to piss in or a window. Oh, to window throw to throw it out of, of. <laughs> yeah. That's book two. <laughs> you just you just previewed the chap one of the chapters for, for, for book two and uh I tried to take them not just from the U.S. but um I also have a lot of friends from the African continent and they have sayings and it's funny how it's interwoven <clears throat> excuse me the things that they say resonate even here um, and there were some sayings that they gave me and I was like, yeah, you know, we heard that. And like you said, you don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. How did you learn that? How did that resonate mm -hmm. with you? If you witnessed it as a child or you witnessed it as a young adult, you looked at people and you thought, mm, that's what mom, that's what auntie, that's what uncle or grandfather were talking about that person. And so I, as I said, that was book one and it has 21 chapters. Um, the 20, the last chapter was the one that really, really uh, appealed to me and was really rested in my soul. And chapter 21 is called God Don't Like Ugly. Mm -hmm. That's the last chapter? That's the last chapter, chapter 21, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, let me see if I can guess what you're talking about in that chapter. I guess it's a lesson on just always being positive and being a nice person. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, I like to think of it as karma. There are times when we treat people funny and it always comes back that that really was not the way you should have handled yourself or handled them. Uh, because even though 
we don't like to think of it as a situation where someone is being taught a lesson the harsh way. Most of the time you will find in life, you'll, you'll, you'll meet people and they'll be like very friendly and other, but then you'll find sometimes you look at them and say, you know, that, that's, I, that wasn't right. You know, you, you, you really should not have done that person that way. And we may lose contact with them, but then you hear later on that something happened to that person and you don't wish anything bad to happen, but something happens to remind you that that's karma. Yeah, you don't, you don't you don't treat people that way and expect to not reach to to kind of not receive back what you gave out in other words so you should Amen. always you should always keep in mind god don't like ugly <laughs> you know and as one of my friends saying sometimes he ain't particular about pretty <laughs> so yeah those, are the, kinds yeah. Of, those karma, are the kinds of things karma is definitely real yeah exactly and so that's what that chapter is about. Okay, so one of my favorite sayings besides, I, I thankfully I don't have a lot of people to say he doesn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. My mom would say that about someone who was always asking for money or pretending like they got it like that. Um, but the one that I like is the one you mentioned already and that is action speaks louder than words because oh, yeah. I think the downfall in a lot of relationships is that it's just that, um, you know, there's a lot of people out here who um, like to play games, who misrepresent, who are not the, the person that they say they are. Um, and it doesn't have to be just in the beginning when you're getting acquainted with them. It can be during the dating phase. And so I always tell my patients when they're saying, I, you know, I don't know what to think. I don't know if he likes me. I don't know this. I don't know that. I tell them, well, what do his actions show you? You can't go by just what the person is saying, because if they're saying certain things, but the actions are not consistent with their words, mm -hmm. um, or if he's short on words and he doesn't say a whole lot, you know, they want to hear the sweet nothings. But I tell them if he's doing the work, if he's showing you through action, you know, if he's texting or calling and ask you, what would you like for lunch? And he's Ubering some food to you or, you know, he's always taking you out on nice dates or he offers to wash your car. Those things matter more than what someone what someone says to you. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, in fact, one of the chapters is watch what they hear what they say but watch what they do mm, i love that <laughs> hear what they say but watch what they do yep yep yeah now that's 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 tight i really like that one hear what they say but watch what they do mm -hmm. okay and now so, so we're as a, you as a psychiatrist you have the opportunity to look at it from a a, a non- I say a non-practicing physician. So you see the scientific and the science behind people's actions and you try pretty much to break that down so that your patients, and you do it in a kind way so that they are aware of what it is that you're trying to get across. And, and essentially what you're trying to get across to them is listen to yourself and trust yourself a little more than you do. Yeah, intuition is is essential in life. We got to go with the gut. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I also mentioned, I was very, very uh, religious in my younger days. And, mm -hmm. 
you know, I was baptized um, as a little girl and then baptized again in high school and, um, and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know some people don't believe in that part of religion, but unless it happens to you, you really don't, you don't understand it and you may not be able to, um, you may not be able to understand what someone is describing to you because you've never had that experience. Um, so for some folks, it's a combination of intuition, but also that Holy Spirit. So oh, yeah. those two yeah. things will take you far if you, if you listen. In fact, one of the chapters is always, always follow your first mind. Always, always follow your first mind. Mm -hmm. And listen, for those of you who are in school right now, we're going to apply that to test taking too. That's one of the things that I learned early in standardized test taking. When you absolutely don't know the answer to a multiple choice question, you go with your first instinct. So, and that's what Rita just said. Always, always follow your first mind. Mm And I hear people say about, you know, some person they they liked or they thought they liked after meeting them, they have a bad sensation in the pit of their stomach or they feel a certain way about them or they feel uneasy about the person, but they force it anyway. Mm-hmm. They force it, even though their first mind, as you just said, Rita, is telling them like this dude is a bum, leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, whatever the first mind is telling them, but they don't listen and they force it. And I tell folks this, never, never force anything. Do not force a relationship because it will not work for you. It, it will not. not. It never works. Exactly. It never works. Exactly. Or, you know, it doesn't work for several years. And then eventually the person gets tired of being a jerk or an asshole and uh, gets tired of sleeping around or messing around. And then they just concede and they decide, OK, let me go ahead and just be with this girl. Is that the <laughs> type of person? You know, is that the type of person you want or do you want to be chosen from the very beginning? You want to be that person from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. These are some very, and, and, and a lot of times, like I said in the book, you learn those lessons the easy way or you learn them the hard way. Either way, you're going to learn them. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, what's one other or two other chapter titles that, that you really like or things that you think people um, can learn from or things that you've learned a lot from. We're going to wrap up this part of the discussion and then we'll transition to the meditation portion. Uh, chapter 13 is I come before you even in the dictionary. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh, that is fire. <laughs> I come before you even in the dictionary. Exactly, exactly. Do you know that needs to be highlighted because there are oh, yeah. so many black women who mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. everyone else uh, before yeah. themselves they could be looking raggedy feeling raggedy and they're still going to put everyone in the family ahead of themselves and not take mm-hmm. care of themselves exactly. and I always I always tell them how can you pour from your cup for yourself if you're pouring for everyone else if you're tapping yourself out emotionally for everyone else how do you take care of you Mhm. Mhm. Yep. And, and some saying, of us, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Rita. Well, and some of us are what I call pity slaves. You know, you 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 run into a person and they and and they're in the same position 
that they were when you probably when you first met them. Oh my God, my children treat me so bad. My boyfriend, my husband, or my family treats me bad. And you're like, you know, when are you going to get past that point? And you see them again, you know, maybe even years later. How are you? Oh, well, that's right. You have to understand that people will only treat you the way you allow them to treat you. That's again, right. Is that- is that in the book? People will only do to you what you allow them. That's one thing I always tell my son too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is that in the is that in the book? That's in book two. <laughs> <laughs> That's in book yes. two. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've I've told my friends that too about bad relationships they've been in. I know folks are like, she always relaying relating things to relationships. But that is really the makeup of the the human process because we can't live on earth by ourselves. So you're always involved in some sort of relationship, whether it's, you know, the relationship with your family members, the relationship with a friend, you know, who's just simply a friend or a relationship with a significant other. Everything is about relationships in life. I promise you. Absolutely. All right. Any closing words or guidance regarding your book? Tell people again the name of your book. And um, you said they can buy it on Amazon. Are you also selling on, on your own from your website? Uh, not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm beginning to put me first. <laughs> I'm trying to work on that whole process. But again, the name of the book is That Doesn't Smell Sense. And it is available on Amazon. And as far as selling it, I do have a book signing coming up on the 30th of this month. Uh, It's going to be in Miami. It's going to be at Oasis of the Gardens. And that's uh, located at 600 Northwest 183rd Street. And it'll be from 11 to 1 a.m. I'll send you some of the information. So if you have anyone that would be interested, I will have copies of the book available at that point. Please do. I would love to attend if I'm not out of town because, you know, traveling is my therapy. If I'm not (laughs) bouncing around in some other country or in some other place, I will definitely attend to the support. You said October 30th? Yes, October 30th is a Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Okay, so yeah, please send me um, once you have the flyer or whatever it is you're using to promote it, send it to me and I'll also post it in my my social media handles. Guys, don't go anywhere. We are going to take a quick little break and we're coming right back with Ritha and we will do a meditation exercise. So stay put. Don't go anywhere. So we talked about her book which is That Doesn't Smell Sense. You can get that on Amazon. But before you do your search for her, for her new book, as you heard her say, there's a part one and a part two. Let's get into a meditation exercise with Miss Rita Unfai. Just give us another 10 minutes of your time. You won't regret it. I swear to you, you will learn how to meditate, how to reset your brain, how to relax in the moment, how to pull away from a situation and just go inside of yourself. And it only takes five minutes to do this. You don't have to take 30 minutes, an hour. There are people who work their their ways up to meditating for 30 minutes, 60 minutes, sometimes two hours. Now, some folks travel across the world to learn how to meditate. So just give us another 
five to ten minutes of your time, and I promise you, you will not regret it, not one bit. Well, let's make the transition now from talking about the book to talk about now we're talking about mindfulness. And what I have learned is mindfulness has really, really helped me tremendously. Uh, let's talk about why it's, just, you know, you're exhausted, you feel unappreciated, unseen, sad, you're doing all the right stuff, meditating, writing in your gratitude journal, eating well, but your thoughts both day and night feel as if something is missing. For me, the missing element was mindfulness and meditation. The reality is that despite the fact that we all want to feel that we're at our peak, temporary moody blues is also a part of mindful life. Just, I just need you to understand that all moods are part of our experience. And at even given time, we can hurt, experience loss, confusion. And you cannot expect mindfulness to block out all of life's adverse life experiences. Mindfulness can't keep us from tragic events or hard times but choosing to live mindfully can keep us from making situations even worse. I need you to start by being your own best friend. And I want you to take this time, this five minute meditation. I want you to treat your moods with curiosity and gentleness. You take a mindful path when we show up even for ourselves. We cannot do for others until we do for ourselves. So we're gonna get right into a very short meditation. And the very first thing I need for you to do is to select something, a scent. What I like, I love orange ginger. And I'll put that scent in my hand and I'll rub my hands together and I'll take a deep breath. That pretty much calms us down. But I'm gonna take you through a five minute meditation. And what you're going to do is, the very first thing I need for you to do is to get seated, where sometimes people get down on the floor, but I like to sit in a chair. My back is straight, but my front is soft. I'd like to rub my hands together and take that scent in for a deep breath, and then I let it out. Now, I'm going to guide you through a five-minute mindful session. Once you're seated and you have that scent and you rub and you rub your hands together, you're going to put your hands where you're most comfortable. They can be rested on your knees. You can have the, your hands across holding yourself by your shoulders and just kind of get into what we call a meditative state. And this is called a sit. I'm going to ring a bell at the beginning of the sit. And I'm also going to ring one to call you back. Now, the very first thing I need you to do is to, as I said, take that seat with your back straight, but your front soft. I want you to close your eyes and listen for the bell. Now with your eyes closed, I want you to imagine that you're sitting on a beach that the sun is overhead, the breezes are blowing. You look out on the horizon, there's the sun and the waves bouncing off. You see birds flying. You feel the breeze just come straight across. The sun is overhead. 
and it's warm. And I want you to relax, relax your eyes, your mouth, your shoulders, your abdomen, your legs, all the way down to your feet. And you're gonna take the time to feel the breezes. I want you to take a deep breath. Let it in, breathe out slowly. Breathe in, breathe out slowly. Breathe in, breathe out slowly. And as you're breathing out, relax your shoulders, relax your mouth, your eyes, feel the ocean breeze, feel the sun gently. You're wading close to the water's edge and you see the waves come and lap your toes. You see the birds flying across the waves. Take the time to experience mindfulness. Take time for yourself. Give yourself a hug. Relax. Be your own best friend. Be mindful. Sit in silence for a minute. Breathe in. Breathe out. Repeat that again in. Out. Breathe in positivity. Breathe out frustration. Breathe in kindness. Feel it circulate throughout your body. If your thoughts begin to wander, don't try to rein them in. Just gently guide them back to where you're sitting in silence and meditating for yourself. Feel the breezes again, the ocean, smell the salt air. Give yourself some time. Be your own best friend. Treat your low moods with gentleness. Know the dark thoughts like clouds in the sky come and go. We all play host to them. We acknowledge them, but we don't let them bring all their baggage and move in. 
invite them out. Be there for yourself so that you can be there for other people. Breathe in. Breathe out. Let's begin to gather our thoughts. Let's imagine that the sun is gently warming us throughout our whole body and giving us some peace. Take the time to practice your little pocket of peace on a daily basis. Breathe in, breathe out. I really hope that you enjoyed that little pocket of peace and that you will begin to incorporate mindfulness into your daily life. I have a habit of doing it when I'm taking a shower and I gather my thoughts and I push out all of my to-do schedule out of my head. I take that moment to settle my thoughts, relax my shoulders and begin to understand that mindfulness is a tool that we can use on a daily basis. And as you incorporate it into your practice on a daily time, give yourself the opportunity to concentrate on yourself, not from a selfish standpoint, but so that you can be there for others, but you cannot be there unless you're there for yourself. I wanna thank Dr. Delvina for this opportunity to interact with her audience. I deeply appreciate it. And I hope that you will understand mindfulness. And a lot of times when people uh, meditate, they end it with namaste. And I gleefully took that phrase and say, namaste at peace with myself. Thank you. Mm. I'm coming out of my trance. Thank okay. you so much. It makes a difference. It does. It really does. That was very relaxing. And, and I hope my listeners, if you were in the car listening to this session, feel free to pull it up again later when you're able to really disconnect. You can take a sit, as Ms. Rita mentioned, and be somewhere in a peaceful, quiet area. It can really focus in on how you're being instructed so that you can follow the exercise. And if this is your first meditation or your first time meditating, hopefully you get a lot out of it and you notice the difference between how you feel prior to the session and how you feel once you finish, once she rings that bell to bring us back. Thank you, Miss Rita. Thank you. All right, guys. So you'll be hearing from me again next Sunday night. You guys check out Miss Rita on Amazon. Check out her book. It'll be posted in my description of today's 
of tonight's episode as well. As usual, guys, thank you for joining me on the Brain Love Podcast. Remember, if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe and follow me. I'm on all podcast outlets. Please follow me. Follow the Brain Love Movement. Consider following my social media pages as well. We're on Facebook as the Brain Love Podcast. Remember, I told you I no longer have my Dr. Delvina Facebook page. But I am on Instagram, Dr. Dalvina, so you can follow me there, D-R-D-E-L-V-E-N-A. And um, you can also go on my website. There's information there as well, drdelvina.help. That's D-R-D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A dot H-E-L-P. And follow the office. We're D-R-T Brain Love on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We play it pretty safe on the office social social handle, so we haven't lost anything. Um, so yeah, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, and go back and listen to past episodes. I promise you, you will learn so much. You will learn a lot. And lastly, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Delvina Thomas, Dr. Delvina Thomas, D as in Delta, E L V as in Victor, E N A. T-H-O-M-A-S, guys. And remember, brain love. Take care of yourselves. Come back next Sunday night and listen to another new episode of the Brain Love Podcast every Sunday at 8 p.m. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Brain love.